0: .NET Rocks episode 654 with guest Dan Whalen, recorded live Wednesday, March 30th, 2011.
1: This episode is brought to you by Telerik, and by Franklin's.net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering video training on Silverlight 4 with Billy Hollis. And SharePoint 2010 with Sahil Malik. Order online now at franklins.net. And now here are Carl and Richard.
2: Hey, it's Carl and Richard, and we're at Dev Connections in Orlando with Dan Whalen. Hey, uh, Richard, how's it going?
0: I'm well, sir. We just finished the closing session at Dev Connections, and that was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, if you've never been to one of these 64 bit question swag giveaways, man, we have we have more fun than we should be allowed to. Well, we're anyway, we're here with Dan Whalen. Hi, Dan.
1: Hey, how you guys you doing?
2: We're doing good. Welcome back to the show. You've been doing a lot of work with Web UI, Next, VNext. We have... jQuery and HTML5 and all that stuff. Am I, uh, am
1: I allowed to set the record straight real please. quick? So it's Walleen, just so you know. Walleen. I've Did never, I say, ever corrected before. Why have you never corrected us? I, I know. It's Think of a Walleen. See, okay, Dan So many Walleen. people live and listen to your show, now they'll know because...
2: Well, I'm sorry. That's so all right. No now deal. everybody knows. Dan Not for you. It's Walleen. for everyone else.
1: There you go. All right.
2: So, Dan Walleen, how do you find this new world of web development? Is it going to be easy? Is it really difficult now? Can you equate it to another time in history, perhaps, when things were sort of half half done? I
1: can. In fact, I've been thinking of that same thing. Anybody? I'm sure you guys did it. You remember the old Netscape 4, uh, i.e. 6 days, right? Yep, yep. When I'm we had to forget, yeah, divs versus layers. Right. It almost feels like we're going back to that. And are you are you talking mode. the HTML5 context? Yeah, that literally. Do you
0: think the different browsers are going to go different directions?
1: They already are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, take the video tag alone. With you know, Google just made that announcement. They're supporting their whatever that open source. I don't remember the format, to be honest. But you know, they're not going with the MP4 route. They're going the other route, the and other that right way. there is going to fragment. I think. So
2: does that mean MP4 only? Or MP4, H264, what are we, what are we talking about
1: there? I believe, you know, I'm, I'm not really an expert in that area. I it believe it was H264. Yeah.
0: yeah. But for a while there, it seemed like they were all going to agree on H264. And as I understand the reason was that the patents around it are held in a, a patent That's what I hear Around all of the people That are They're bothered. worried Well it's safe yeah. Is what it is Exactly so Nobody's going to sue If we all own the patents That we would sue against And we're sharing them Exactly Now wait a
2: second Which which patents I'm not sure what you're talking about Richard
0: So there's Microsoft Apple Even Google Google A bunch of them Hold patents around Video codecs and the like And they create these Patent pools Essentially they make an agreement To put these patents in together They say we will not sue each other Over these patents
2: So which one is safe H.264. Okay. So now, and Google is not supporting H.264 is what you're saying, Dan?
1: They're moving away towards some other format, which I don't remember the extension at this point. God but damn it. <laughs> something like that. If I'm wrong, we will edit out this whole thing no, and no, forget I'm, it ever I'm happened. Totally, I've read the same thing, and I'm trying to imagine what they're <coughs> thinking. Like, Maybe it's the pad thing, though. Maybe they're going with something that they go, you know what? This is our thing. We know it. Nobody can get... At yeah. us, I don't know. Well, now we
0: get into this whole idea of differentiation of the browser, like that this is an asset that I things different.
2: Well, what 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 if uh, you know IE supports H two sixty four and which it does, and everybody else, Firefox supports H two sixty four, and everything supports H two sixty four except Chrome. Isn't that not a good place for Google to be? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, the interesting thing there is, you know, like just think about building a web page. Obviously, you're going to test see, hey, if, if I got HTML5, great, I'll use the video tag. And if I don't have HTML5, then I'm, I'll probably embed a Flash player or a Silverlight player or something like that is another way to go. So I just don't see any scenario where Chrome's video thing would be you'd implement for that. You just go to the fallback player.
1: Well, I mean, the good the good part of it is there is a nice fallback layer in the video tag. Mm-hmm. You can actually put it's it, it's almost like having an href with. Uh, or an anchor tag, I should say, with multiple href tags. Oh, okay. You can actually put different, and if it can't do the top one, it'll fall back to the second, and then you can even embed, like you were saying, Flash or Silverlight. Right. Right. My well, thought there. here is, I only want to do one encodement of the video. Exactly. And so
0: I know I can get a Flash player and a Silverlight player for HTML 64. I know video tag will work for everything except Chrome, so I'm just not going to try and support Google's format.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I know there was tons of people in favor of it. They're like, oh, good job, Google, way to hmm. move. And then there's a lot of people that are saying, why'd you do this?
2: Now, um, as far as the phones, Android, does Android support sixty four?
1: Yeah, mine does. Probably depends so on the.
2: Safari supports it. The iPhone, yep. iPad, all yeah. of that stuff supports the video tag and Internet Explorer and Firefox.
1: Well, the video tag, but then you get back into, yeah, Safari does support that. So you know you get into the browser implementation so, though.
2: So is there any browser or any phone that doesn't support H.264 in the video tag other than Chrome? Yeah, not sure. And, not
0: sure. And, and 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 you know you're talking, you're hinting at this, but I've certainly been reading about the fact that there's all these little subtleties. Yeah. That actually, when we the same thing that happened with HTML4, we're going to sit down and start building pages and testing on these different browsers. Both mobile and other and, and tablets and, and desktops. Yeah. And they're not all going to work.
1: Well, and my, my take on it is I'm just for the record, I'm all in favor of the major proposals, you know, in HTML5. I mean, there's some really cool stuff sure. like on the forms. It really simplifies validation. You can use these little attributes and say, Hey, this is required or this is a date time. And, you know, before we got to write this JavaScript right. to do it. So I like that stuff. And the video tag, I think we should for simple videos. You know, why do you have to have a plugin? Mm-hmm. Um, but what you just said is the problem is we're starting to build stuff on some of the standards aren't approved yet. Uh, web sockets would be an example, but uh, and Microsoft did not even put that into I. That's right. It's, it's not, a separate download. That's, yeah. Well, they have a, there's a labs project, right. yeah. which falls back to, uh, actually Silverlight, I believe mm-hmm. to do the socket piece. So, so there is a, it's not really HTML. So, you know, as you guys know, I do a lot with Silverlight mm-hmm. and my company also does a lot with, uh, NBC and specifically jQuery. Right. And so it's one of those arguments you get into because people that haven't done maybe both sides, they usually go with what they know. Right. Right. And having had a chance to do both sides, I will say the, the whole XAML approach I think is pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, there's, there's some certain things you run into. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking with some of the other speakers here about how, uh, you know, like styles in Silverlight and WPF. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're not based on CSS, no. and so there's a learning curve there to, to just do that stuff. But by the same token, data binding, which we've talked about before, awesome. is awesome. Right? It's easy. Two-way, it works. It's not re- You can't really call it data binding. It's more like property binding. Yeah, you know? That's yeah. really what it is. And it's just easy. I mean, I, I've heard people, oh, well, it should be this and this. And okay, maybe it could be even better. Sure, anything could be better. But I think, it me personally, I think it's awesome. It saves me tons of time productivity-wise. Mm-hmm. So I contrast that with, I also love jQuery. <laughs> the challenge there is they do have a new, uh, Microsoft actually initially developed it mm-hmm. uh, called Data Linking which does give you the two-way and binding and jQuery. Exactly, which is very cool because for me, that's my number one. If you're building a line of business apps, which is mainly what we do, Mm -hmm. that's what you spend your time doing usually is getting data in and out of all these controls and, and things. You know, if you have a read-only app, well, you have a pretty easy life. <laughs> right? It's like darn getting the data in. Yeah, me. if we could just get rid
0: of that, we'd be fine. If we didn't need to type into this stuff, it'd be fine.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If we oh, get we rid, got rid of a the problem users? With these
2: requirements right here,
0: <laughs> <laughs> there'll yeah. be no typing. There's no typing
2: allowed in this app. That's not right. You can read. We'll even give you text-to-speech. Oh, okay, here's the Microsoft answer. And why would you need to do that ever? <laughs>
1: I've heard that before, actually. Why
2: would you ever need to do that?
1: So uh, anyway, going back to that, though, what I really like, because we're working on a, a really heavy uh kind of HTML5 slash jQuery app, because mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll just build the whole thing in HTML5, right? And those are the people that obviously haven't looked into what HTML5 is. Right. I mean, it is about, you better be good at JavaScript yeah. if you're going to be doing this.
0: Well, and, and so far, every html5 cable browser i've seen is awesome at javascript like it's yeah, the yeah. best javascript engines we've Super ever had Super engines yeah
2: unbelievably good
1: everyone says they have you know we're the fastest by 200 milliseconds yeah or whatever <laughs> my mom will notice that by the way
2: this whole chrome move to not support uh h264 seems incredibly ballsy to me
1: that's uh some of the comments i read and again that's just one thing i read yeah. and it sounds like richard's seen the same thing yeah. but um the gonna comments in, in the bottom up. same thing some were like awesome move yeah you know mm-hmm. this was be gonna be great and then others were just like what are you doing well
0: and, and you know the whole thing here I'm, and as much as i'm annoyed at what google's done there i know that one of their main points was that h264 is not a great video codec what it, it's a good video codec but there are better they and they realized that it was selected not because of its quality it was selected because of its ip protection yeah
1: the patents. And,
0: and i think that's one of the things that's upset a lot of people especially in that culture right? in that web development culture those are the folks who are really annoyed that there is this whole dynamic around ip protection and so forth
2: i th- i personally think it's an awesome codec nothing wrong with it but it
1: works great for me it's fast the yeah. latency is great i think file size is reasonable you know for what you get yeah, yeah. but and,
0: but there's always a new one coming down the pipe that might be a little bit faster a little bit smaller or some other advantage and, you know, well, the way energy. I look
1: at it is um, it's not like that company has done real bad in certain areas. So they might be onto something. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, you know, as
2: long as it's open and everybody's on the same page, that's really, I think, more important than, you know, shaving a millisecond off. of Exactly. Money. Yeah. Agreement is more valuable.
0: Yeah. But they, you know what? We're a bunch of old guys right there. <laughs> that, you know, once you've built enough software, you have to hang up your righteousness for deliverables.
1: No, seriously. Yeah. It's like, but I don't look as smart, uh, but my customer's happy, so yeah, I'm okay. Trying to,
0: I should try to get this thing out the door, shipping exactly. the future. And, and it, it's the, the younger, less experienced folks that have the time to stand on idealism. The rest of us are too busy trying to get stuff. Yeah, we're trying it. to
2: ship. Yeah, well, you know, the question, does it work, can be answered. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. It may not be perfect. little duct tape. Yeah, but it won't <laughs> crash, and, yeah. and everybody will be able to support it. Yeah. All right. I'm off my high horse now.
1: Well, let me go back real quick to what you were asking though about sure. the productivity. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, started to say how I really like uh, Silverlight and the whole xaml based binding and all that. It's easy to call services. Flipping that because you, I think your question was just in the web development area. What's productive? Something like that. Yeah. And
2: and what do you? How are you finding it uh, easier or difficult to work with?
1: Yeah. So. I had mentioned, like, if you're moving to the whole HTML5 thing, yeah, there are some tags you can use. SVG is all tag-based. Canvas is not. You know, Canvas is pixels. SVG is vector. Right. And so if you're going to be doing Canvas, you better be really good at JavaScript or have some awesome JavaScript-based control, which we're using one right now. And I'll have to be honest, it's much easier than writing that by myself, you know? Sure. To do, like, charting and stuff. But... Flipping from, you know, I really like the Silverlight side for the rich internet line of business stuff, but I had uh, several questions in the talks this week from people saying, well, you know, would you go Silverlight or whatever if I have Target iPad and Android and this and this? That's
2: the question, yeah.
1: And that's where I go, you know what? You probably better look at pure web technologies. Well, and you I, don't have a choice. It, there are. Unless no. you're going to build specifically Steve Jobs isn't going to let us.
0: No. So you have a choice between HTML5 or Objective C. Yeah. Right? That's true. That's which sort of which one cool. do you want to do? <laughs> I was actually going to ask you the question along the lines of was there much interest in the whole out of
1: browser side of Silverlight? Yes. Yeah, our customers definitely love the Ada browser. That's the killer feature, if you it ask is. me. It's, it's awesome, because Silverlight, you know, if I had to pick what's my favorite framework, yeah, it's probably Silverlight, mm-hmm. to be real honest, just from the productivity standpoint. But it's not appropriate for every situation, like I don't, we just talked about.
2: I don't write Windows Forms apps anymore. No. I honestly don't, unless I need a feature security-wise or access-wise that a, that, a, you know, that's well, not and there.
1: if if I did, and it you know required like the .NET framework itself, then I'd go WPF because I just really love XAML and hmm. think it's easy to work
0: with. You are a XAML believer.
1: I am a XAML I believer. Love XAML. I like it. It's it's easy. Once I will admit, there's a bit of a little hump to get over, but
0: but it's it feels to me like the same kind of hump we hit as say
1: WinForms developers when we first started trying to build HTML, and you're looking at all oh. those markup lines, you're going, "Oh my god." I still remember the first time, and it was in college, actually, I I right-clicked. It was Mosaic, so it says how old I am, I guess. But (laughs) I right-clicked on it, and whatever it was, View Source, and I printed it. And I still remember walking up to my apartment going, oh, my gosh, I can never do this. Yeah. Because I'd never seen it before. I'm just like, what is this? So (laughs) ugly. And now, you know, of course, we go, ah, it's HTML. It's easy. Yeah. But... And when I really have
0: been advocating the idea that we should just be xaml developers and this thought that it's eventually going to permeate
1: the same sort of way. It's a really interesting way to think about UI. It's nice because if some company somewhere, I'd prefer it was Microsoft, but it probably won't be, I don't know, could take xaml, not even targeted towards silverlight or whatever, mm-hmm. just xaml because it's a metadata based language, it's pretty dang easy to write well, easy and if you have the time mm-hmm. <laughs> and the money. But uh to parse that and you could generate anything you want.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. And I think I think that those that kind of conversion, that kind of engine, the XAML to HTML five kind of engine. I think it'd be cool. Would be extremely
1: cool. I agree with you. Um, have you guys do you ever see the Adobe Flash converter thing? No. That convert to HTML five? Oh. Say, Pretty what? impressive. So converting Flash to HTML5? Pretty impressive. Go check out YouTube. And uh, it's, uh, I, th- I don't know if it's shipping now in whatever they're on, CS5 or whatever it is. Wow. But it was impre- It was at one of their conferences. So Adobe built this. Yeah, Adobe built it. And it takes Flash and goes to HTML5. So I'm hoping with XAML, we could eventually have something that does same the same sort of type of thing.
2: Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm trying to think of what are the gotchas there. I think generating all that
0: script would be challenging. Well, and we know from other tool conversion tools it ain't going to be
2: pretty html5 probably not as long as it's prettier than word saving as an html document <laughs> <laughs>
0: mso whatever oh, those man. styles are over the with some
1: serious uglier <laughs> talk that's definitely serious it's coyote ugly <laughs> every now and then i'll i'll double click like in an html page depending on what, which laptop you're on you know and you hadn't reset your whatever it is your mime type or whatever and word opens oh no and you're just like oh, oh come on uh, What am I going to do with that?
2: If you're like me, you're using Facebook on a daily basis. You also might want more control on what you're seeing and how you're seeing it. If that's the case for you, try FaceDeck. FaceDeck is a Silverlight-based client application for Facebook, now supported by Telerik. The product was formerly known as Microsoft Client for Facebook Beta. The news about Telerik taking over the application from Microsoft was announced by Scott Guthrie at his Firestarter event keynote. Facedeck has a nice, elegant, black finish touch. You can upload photos with a simple drag-and-drop operation from your file system to your Facedeck. You also have instant access to your webcam. What's more, Facedeck will save you from notifications from unwanted applications. You only see what you care for. And, of course, it's free. Try it at FaceDeck.Telleric.com. And don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks.
1: Anyway, going back again to productivity. So the big thing I think that uh, really stands out for me, because I, I really do like uh, the whole jQuery thing. I'm really glad Microsoft jumped on that mm-hmm. that bandwagon because uh, data linking, which I haven't used as much, I'll admit, but I, I prototype some stuff. But what I've used a lot lately is the jQuery templates. Really? Which are just awesome. Um, it's basically like imagine doing a grid view, you know, that we're all used to with mm-hmm. ASP.NET with the item template and all that, but imagine doing that on the client side, and you just feed it the JSON data, and it just boop renders the it HTML. Just the population. You don't have to do all that whole document dot create element, right? Da, da 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 da. You know. Yeah, and this this is assigned to this. This is assigned to this. All of that plumbing. That part, if you're doing client side, you know, development, which mm-hmm pretty much who isn't nowadays, I yeah. would say. I mean, it's funny because back in, what, 99-ish or so. Um, in fact, I remember I wrote an article back then. It was kind of Ajax. It was remote scripting. I don't know if you guys remember that way yep. back. I think it was a Java applet or something. Yeah. And nobody cared, right? No. And then Google did it with Gmail or whatever, and all of a sudden Ajax took off, and now everybody does it. But if you're going that way, where the HTML5, if you're moving that or even just regular web apps, is cool, I think, with jQuery is... Uh, these templates, because now you can actually embed what it is you want to output, you know, in the page or even dynamically download it, mm-hmm. give it the JSON with one line of code. Boom, you have instant web page.
0: Yeah. So it's, it,
1: you're getting this configuration
0: approach to your page design.
1: It's, it's nice. Instead of it, it's less code centric, right? Um, which I think from a, I'm a, well, I think this goes back to what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get older, you know, back when I first started, it was all about, I want to make sure that, you know, if, Richard looks at my code that Beautiful. he can tell Carl, wow, that's that was right. the coolest code I've ever seen. Dan <laughs> that is that guy's a genius. Dan that's what I was just gonna say. Dan's a genius. Um, <laughs> which is not true, but uh nowadays it's more of oh, I gotta maintain this? Oh, okay. Then yeah. I better make it maintainable. <laughs> so Yeah, and shippable. And shippable.
0: Yeah. So many you think templates are for doing this this property value assignment process?
1: Yeah, it's it's Literally like doing the eval statements mm-hmm. in ASP.NET um, where you have the either the bind or the eval, right. you know, depending on what you're doing. Um, yeah, you actually wrap them in these little script blocks mm-hmm. and it has a, you do type equals. It's like, I got to remember, X dash template dash jQuery or something like that. And then uh, with literally one line of code, you get, you know, you make your async call, get back your JSON. Mm-hmm. And then in essence, you kind of like bind it right to the template with this one line and just boom. You tell it where to put it, you know, the Sounds output. cool. And it's, it's nice. So from that, going back to again, the productivity. Right. That really for me, um, was one of those things I jumped on real fast, uh, from a productivity standpoint.
2: What is the, what has been one of the biggest roadblocks to productivity in this whole process? From the, I mean, besi- which side? From the, from the website. The website? Um, and you know in aside from incompatibilities in browsers i mean just in terms of process
1: i think probably the biggest thing so i'm i'm working with some folks that are really really they're awesome at the design side but they mm-hmm. haven't done as much of the uh, javascript yeah so that's a pretty big roadblock you know i you mean
2: if, your developers not knowing
1: javascript right yeah right and cuz you get all these asp.net folks that are awesome on the server side yeah but they really haven't done whether it's jQuery or JavaScript. Well, even jQuery's got to be pretty easy to figure out for an a ASP.NET. It guy is, and you know, but there's still a lot of tricks you can. There's, tr- it's like anything. You have your little tool belt of tricks right, that you do. learn. So you've got some web formers, is what you're saying. It's, right, right. They need their
0: way around web forms, and they're making the migration away from that.
1: Exactly. So I think that's one productivity challenge. Is if you're, you know, if you're, for instance, if you're using the update panel. And that's mm-hmm. how you've done Ajax. Yeah. Which is easy. Yep. Very um, easy. But then they move to, okay, now we're going to do it the really efficient way, which is just pure JSON. Right. Then it's like, oh, you mean I got to learn this JavaScript. So that's a challenge, I think, for some. I mean, I, I don't think nowadays it's as big as I think more. But, you know,
2: here's a sample. Figure it out. You know, it's like exactly. how hard is it?
1: Exactly. And there's a lot of, there's a billion blocks. On and, and the tooling's gotten better, too. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing, is it?
0: I mean, let's be honest here. We've yet to see a XAML designer as good as the WinForm designer like in the sense of, I mean, a WinForm designer is so good you don't even think about it anymore. When's the last time you ever dipped into the WinForm source code? It's text. It exists. You never touch it. No, that's true. And, XAML, and I don't know that XAML can get there. The same way that HTML can't get there. Generated HTML was always ugly. And I'm afraid that if we actually got a designer to the point where it's like just living a designer, you'd be making
2: really
1: ugly XAML too.
2: Probably I, so. I love the XAML designer in Visual Studio 2010. I love it.
1: Well, and, and going back to that point, um you definitely dip in more in Visual Studio. Mm-hmm. If you you know, if you become an expression blend expert, now there's a lot less dipping, sure, I think. Do. Um but you know, some developers don't like to use blend because they feel like it's more of a designer tool. They were told that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's not. Once you get into it, yeah. I don't think it is. I mean, I just, on my dual monitors at the office, I just, you know, I have Visual Studio on the left and I have Blend on the right. Nice. It's my workflow. Probably the biggest
2: challenge I have with the with the Cider Designer is, uh, in, in Visual Studio, is that I need that split screen, you know? I mm-hmm. need the XAML on the bottom and a pretty decent sized view of the graphic you know the the UI on the top, and even with the my laptop, you've seen behemoth laptop right it's it's still <laughs> yes. there's still not enough space you know like i I've got to go use my thirty inch monitor to get the space that I want
0: yeah, that's really about sixteen hundred pixels high right that extra height, even compared to twelve hundred it makes such a difference. Everybody needs a thirty-inch
2: monitor. Tell your boss
0: twenty-five sixty by sixteen hundred. It's the minimum. I can't work without sixteen
2: hundred pixels high, and preferably two, side by side. Well, at least, and now throw a fifty-seven or sixty-seven-inch uh, plasma TV above you so you can just drag up. You know that would be that would be who would do that? Who
1: would do that? I can't imagine. Just so everyone knows, that .NET Rocks obviously just signed a contract with, like, Samsung or somebody that makes <laughs> monitors. More <down>. monitors good. <laughs> I, I,
0: the, Microsoft researched a paper talking about productivity gains with screens, real estate gains but just clearly every time somebody gets more screen space they're able to work more efficiently. I agree. And I think developers consume more screen space than
2: anybody else, like really. Short of maybe video production. Yeah, and that's what I was going to mention is that the the issue with us in the studio when we were using Adobe Audition or, you know, uh, one of those things, Adobe Audition isn't a WPF app, so it's still using sort of native API calls. I don't think anyway. So the more it gets loaded up, you know, the with a bigger screen, the slower it gets, right? Because right. it has so much more real estate to draw. So, uh, yeah, with those big screens, you have to you have to rewrite your apps in WPF, or else you're just uh, asking for trouble.
1: Well, that's like, uh, you know, what's one of the coolest features of Visual Studio 2010? You can drag that dang tab, um, over to the other uh, screen. Right. That's like the coolest that's thing awesome. ever. Yeah. Although uh, every once in a while, I hit
2: something, and the code window I'm working on pops out.
1: You know? I do <laughs> you, that, too. God, I hate that. And then I'm when like, how do I get that sucker back pops in? pops out. It's like... <laughs> You know, like you're I gotta dislocate my shoulder, I gotta
2: put that shit back in there, man.
1: That's funny because everybody's had that problem. Yeah, and then you
2: think, oh if I just double click it'll pop back in No, No, that goes full screen. Oh no, where's my arm? I'm screwed.
0: But it's either it I've had it happen. Is it an Alt Key conversation that nobody knows about? Like, how does it just happen? I honestly don't
1: know. It's, it's just... like a slight drag, move it to the wrong direction, and you're there. You it's, dislocate it's a mouse your thing. elbow. Yeah, it's a mouse yeah.
0: thing. Yeah, I, I, I must be brushing a touchpad or something that.
1: <laughs> I don't know how it happens. I just, I'm going to use that now, like in a talk or something. If I accidentally do that, oh, I dislocated my elbow. Oh. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll there. give you credit though,
0: Carl. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, we need to switch that off. When is
2: that ever a good feature?
0: Really? Yeah, I
2: don't know. I don't know. So Dan, tell us a story from the road. So you're, you're at a customer uh, site and you're trying to figure out their architecture and their infrastructure and something is in the way. Like you, you didn't expect that and how you worked around it.
1: Sure, sure. So I'm driving through Santa Fe. And I go to make oh wrong wrong road right. <laughs> All right, I, I try to be funny. I like, thought you said Nantucket. Uh, well, I try to be funny like you guys, but I'm not. I know I'm not. My wife, it's not like she'd ever listen, but if she did, she'd be like, "Just shut him up." <laughs> she actually told me before we did a fire starter event, real quick, and I'll get back on track. She literally said, uh, "Don't say anything that'll get us sued." <laughs> Is that a risk for you? Apparently it is again <laughs> again, yeah, anyway, um I'll tell you a big issue we've had, uh, and everybody's I think run into this before, which is we were uh, there, there was an 18 month silverlight project we did approximately, give or take a few months, and uh, it was a you know pretty large scale line of business app. We got in about i'm trying to think it's probably five, six months. And they had a very hierarchical structure um in the database, okay. um, almost like a tree view scenario. But things were different enough that we couldn't do self-referencing tables. You know how you'll typically have a, what do they call that, bill of materials or something yeah, like that? Yeah, bill of materials you know? model. Yeah. And we couldn't follow it, though, because of they just had to tweak things just enough that mm. that model didn't work really well. Right. So anyway, long story short, um they – uh I get a call one day and they come and say, you know what? We need to add two more levels to this hierarchy. Right? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, of course, that won't be a big deal. Yeah, that was a bad thing to say. <laughs> um, That's poison <laughs> right there, the yeah, man. Yeah, the words
0: come out of your mouth, you're just going to hit yourself. No. Well,
2: well, why wouldn't we be able to? Well, why not? <laughs> of course we can do that. Yeah. What
1: could happen? Or what I should have said is, Why would you ever want to add two levels? Why, why do you ever want to do that? Why would you need to do that ever? So long story short, um, you know, we, number one, we did have to redesign. I mean, there was a big enough change. The database literally had to change. Right. Which, as you know, that's the one thing. Now we're going to break everything. If you're, yeah, because this was definitely a a data first, database first driven, you know, how we now have the code first. This was not. This was the database first. Mm So that broke the whole, we were using a link to SQL type model called Plinko, which is right. an open source thing. And, uh, yeah, broke everything. So we got that working. that, you know, that's doable though. But then we realized there was timesheets and they tied into these categories. So when you fill out a timesheet row, um, you can't just simply, you don't just pick one item and put your hours. You had to fill out like five or six levels of this thing. Wow. So Probably one of the hardest things I've had to do recently from a road trip, like bad story was I had to find a way to migrate the data from this old hierarchy into this new hierarchy. Oh man. And it was, I I mean, I'm okay with SQL. I'm not any, I'm not a Kimberly trip by any means, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with it. And man, that kicked my butt for like two days. Um, it was just writing these big old nasty hairy store procedures to migrate the data so that's probably my worst horror story of late is uh and I'm, and I'm just thinking about you know where did you actually go wrong would code
0: first have made this better not in this case no the because
1: problem. The, the problem was they just they changed mid-course and, right. and they needed to it, it was yeah, one we, of those things that you we say i understand into a requirement yeah
0: right and we you, sc- you slipped the schedule but it's a requirement we must do this and it's derailing but we must do that well and
1: this literally we had to rewrite entire chunks right. because they totally changed a major major like foundational piece of the app that you know when you when you gather the requirements up front you know well is, how much is this going to change oh that's never going to change that's, that, that's been that way for 10 years yeah. well it changed yeah. so the anyway. one
0: salesman versus two salesmen on the invoice <laughs> problem, right? It's just, <laughs> just one of those, I don't know, it was only ever one.
1: Well, except for that one, oh, and that one over there. The the happy ending to the story is that it's in production. It works. Um, it's working. They love it. They already want new enhancements. So,
2: Have you ever been halfway through a project and have um, some, I don't know, somebody – come in and take a look at your architecture and say oh no that's
1: all wrong we're gonna start over (laughs) yeah so i was on a particular fortune what are they 100 that size of company big company we'll say and uh i i got in i came into this it was a consulting company halfway into the project right so it's already going this was back in the decom days
2: oh god God gotta love it my head hurts yeah
1: I mean, it was all VB6, which that was pretty cool. Demented com, isn't that what that stood for? I I came to the conclusion that D stood for dumb. So the story here is, uh, I'll make it real short, is they had their set of requirements, right? And we're designing, and I came in halfway, Mm -hmm. right? So I didn't even do the initial architecture. We get three days from release, and they say, oh, your architecture is not going to work. And by the way, uh, most of the people on team had already quit because the project was just not a fun project. Yeah. You know, and uh, anyway, long story short, they came back and said, hey, we need you to encrypt 14 fields in the database. Nice. And keep in mind, this is all the DCOM stuff. It's not like you just go, oh, yeah, let me change that in one place and da-da-da-da-da, we're, we're done. I mean, yeah, we had COM objects all over the place. Right. So you're going to have to rebuild everything to change the data types rebuild. to deal,
0: the, deal with the encrypted streams.
1: Yeah. So I ended up uh we had a meeting with the project manager. Um she was cool by the way. She was a she was one of the few project managers that I was like she was awesome. But Wow. Um but her team was quitting. Yeah, well, it was not her though. It was <laughs> 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 the requirements of the the being there till midnight every night, but Yeah. Anyway, uh so what we ended up doing and this this never got resolved. This is my one failed project. The big one. Right. Okay. Um that I came in halfway, but it, uh I said, Well, hey, why can't we just call out to a com object from the store procedure? You know, that updates the field. Everybody's like, Yeah, that's a great idea. So this is SQL two thousand. Oh. And uh it worked. It worked great.
0: Using extended store procedures. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So well we thought it worked great. We went into uh testing and you know what happens with encrypted data if you like encrypt it wrong? It becomes Egyptian. It doesn't work. It's right. Yeah, so you're encrypting just fine, you just couldn't decrypt. That is right. So it was a one-way. A so one we way. did three weeks of user acceptance testing, and uh, it turns out after about two weeks in, none of the decimal amounts are coming the encrypted things are coming back. We're getting gibberish. Oh no! And uh, so anyway, long story short, it turned out to be a bug with the extended store procedure framework. Right. And there was wow. and there was no fix <laughs> at the time. Their answer was. Don't do that. So uh, oh that that project died. So well, I mean, that that sucks. Well, part of this is the company probably should have let the people that first architected it maybe know that hey, we need you to encrypt these things. Yeah, because then we would have built it into the the COM objects.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah, and you couldn't you couldn't do it once they were done.
1: So bad architecture, I guess, is relative in this case because it yeah. wasn't that the architecture was so bad, which I didn't do it. You know, like I said, I came mm-hmm. in halfway, but Yeah, they built the architecture for the app that was originally spec and exactly. they significantly changed the spec. Three days before the deliverable. Beautiful. Well, it's just encryption. It shouldn't be a big deal. Exactly. What? Exactly. Keeps it fun, right?
0: <laughs> I suppose.
1: Those were stressful times. Yeah, no kidding. Tough stuff.
0: So are you looking at uh, the new versions of Silverlight and where all that stuff's going?
1: Are you excited about Absolutely, it? Absolutely. Yeah. There's some cool stuff. I wish I was a 3D guy. That's where it yeah, really that's looks cool.
0: I, yeah, I don't know how we're going to get 3D in the line of business apps in a way
1: that matters. That's the thing. I'm not a 3D guy. So, right. um, you know, the 3D is going to be cool. Uh, there's some the guys that did the uh, Firestarter. Mm-hmm. I think the company's Archetype, I believe it is, that did the Firestarter 3D thing mm-hmm. with Scott Guthrie. Did you guys see that? Yeah. With The tattoo and all, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think people that do that are going to just be all over that. That's cool. But there's a lot of really cool line of business things, like probably the number one feature that's simple is uh and you guys I'm sure have seen it, but you can set breakpoints in your XAML. Yeah. Debug your data binding statements. Awesome. Which is like freaking needle in a haystack right now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Or well you end up cutting code apart and
0: putting in tells to trying to track down Intel where things are going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's old school. Comment. It's, you know, comment. comment. It's, what we, it's what we used to do,
1: right? Yeah. What mm-hmm. do you mean used to? I still do. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way to do it. Um, so that's really cool. The new, uh, you know, they're going to have the custom markup extensions mm-hmm. where you can add custom functionality with just a teeny bit of code, um, which I think that's going to be cool. Like John Papa did a demo here at Dev Connections um, about basically tying a view to a view model method with just, you know, incy binsy kind of teeny bit of uh, code. So um, what else? You know, I, I really like going back to the debugging. I really like when you mouse over uh, when you set your breakpoint in the mm-hmm. XAML, your watch windows, your autos, your immediate, everything, it's like you're doing C sharp yeah. or VB um, because you can actually get all the, you know, that little, what do they call that thing? The little plus you hit, you know? You can drill right. down. Yeah, the little plus thing. That's yeah. what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> is that a technical term? Yeah. <laughs> LP, the, the plus LPT. thingy. Yes. <laughs> little plus thingy. Um, you know, and there's a lot of cool stuff that way that I think is going to. Definitely make line of business even more productive Mm -hmm. than it is now. Uh, They have this other thing called, um, what is it officially called? It's like ancestor relative binding. That's what it's called. Um, We can go up the tree. That's cool.
2: At Franklin's Net right now, you can get a DVD with over 11 hours of Billy Hollis on Silverlight 4 or 14 hours of Sahil Malik on SharePoint 2010, each for only $6.95. Order online at www.franklins.net. Are you looking to change jobs? Infusion Development has offices in New York City, Toronto, London, Dubai, and Poland. Infusion has hired a whole handful of happy .NET Rocks listeners. Contact me for an introduction at carl at franklins.net. How are we going to solve the WPF
1: deployment issue? Or is there one? You know, I, I'm probably not the guy to ask because I do a little bit of WPF, but I'm mainly a Silverlight guy, so... When you do a WPF app, how do you deploy it? Well, right now I do it the good old fashioned way. Yeah, is either .NET. Well, either XPAP, if it's supported in that environment, mm-hmm. which is cool, or the good old uh, yeah the MSI or one. So tell us about XBAP. XBAP is basically running. You got to have full .NET framework, mm-hmm. um, but it's basically running like a WPF app in the browser. Okay. Um. So the deployment is literally a matter of go to this URL as long as you have the .NET framework installed. Okay. Bam, you can run the app, which I think is very cool. Now I'll leave it at that because I'm not an expat guy. Right. But you know, I, but it's that's not like a cool.
2: that's not like a install kind of setup right. wizard thing. It's right. just running, and it runs that version, whatever. It's that more URL. like
1: Silverlight in the browser almost, yeah. except for you have to have the full .NET framework. Right. And, of course, it runs out of the browser. It's WPFM. Yeah. So, you know, that part's pretty cool. I don't do as much with that, though, to be honest. Um, if I had, if a customer came and said, Windows Forms or WPF, I would do WPF. Yeah. Well, because of XAML. It's always about the XAML. Are Chunks
0: in the Silverlight libraries that you, you really, that are missing, Pieces that you think we still got to, and we're, we touched a little on Silverlight 5 there, but yeah. I, I'm, I am talking to some folks who are saying, you know, this one of the reasons we're still doing WPF is I really need the framework and
1: Silverlight well, doesn't have enough of it. You know, another big feature I didn't mention yet in Silverlight 5 that I think will help a lot is the uh, P invoke. Mm-hmm. Um, the big chunk, a real life example, there's uh, a government agency in, in Arizona that they do a lot of integration with their app with uh, Scanner things like right. people come in with these court documents and they scan the barcode oh, okay well with like Silverlight four there's not really a way to do that you could go elevated trust yeah. and use a com object if there is one but you couldn't do a native invoke on you know through whatever driver that is right. and, and all that and heaven forbid i have to do a p invoke but <laughs> you'll be able to yeah i think that would be a piece that will help?
2: I, I need that because uh, in this application that I wrote for the transcribers uh, that transcribe video for us, uh, I wrote it in Silverlight because I want the deployment ease, but they're all working for me on internal machines. It's not like we have uh, – so so basically I need to, uh, I need to communicate with a USB yeah. device, yeah. right? So what I ended up doing was writing a Windows service for the USB device, which is thoroughly debugged and known. And I just install that on all the machines. So that's, and then. the Silverlight call into silver that? Silverlight calls into that with sockets. Yeah. Because, cool. you know, I'm a sockets guy.
1: Are you? Yes. Like you love, love sockets, love, huh? So-
2: I've always thought that the, you know. Well, when you realize what sockets are, it's like the lowest level network programming that's robust. It is. You know, it's the application layer's lowest level of network programming. It's you make a connection, you send this, you get that. And I just love that. I love the the rawness of it. And I don't find it, I find it as easy
1: as using streams. Do you? You know? I me I, I think of it like ships going into port, sort of. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I think of sockets is mm-hmm. you drop off your payload and pick up a payload and yeah. it kind of works. But I won't say it's as easy as like WCF or something, but yeah. More power to you. It just shows you're genius. That's all it is. That's
2: exactly what I'm trying to prove here, Dan. No, no, no. no.
1: That's what I'm saying. If you like sockets, you probably are. <laughs> Either that or just seriously demented. Or, or that would be the flip side. Yeah. <laughs> is that what that jacket over there is for? <laughs> Yeah, what do Richard you mean? brings that along. You don't have a rubber room? No? I'm the only one? <laughs> you have a rubber coating room. No, mine is for when instead of bouncing my head off the window or the monitor when I'm upset about something, I bounce against the wall. It's rubber. So. Nice. <laughs> that's right.
2: Yeah. My brother has a rubber truck. So when I when you need to, never mind. So uh, anyway, I'm looking forward for to P Invoke for that reason. So I don't have to ship off st- stuff to a service. Yeah, you know, cuz they're there you know then if there's a problem with that service of course now I've got pain a pain in the butt yeah, yeah. and windows services not exactly easy to uh to deploy and manage and all of that stuff no so there's that and I, I suppose i could have done
1: it as a wpf app with XBAP, but uh but i'm just really loving silverlight these days eh, it's nice it's nice i am a big big fan of silverlight these uh i find it unfortunate when you get the people that Cause I'm a big web forms guy. I mean, yeah. I, you know, that's what I started with yeah. was, uh, I wasn't actually a Windows forms. I was web forms. Right. And that's what I've done for 10 years. And is it 10 now? It's Holy 10 cow, almost 10. Yeah, 2002 yeah. was the official yeah. release, right? And then back to the alphas. Yeah. But anyway, um, so, you know, moving to Silverlight when I first did it, um, in fact, the first app I ever did was the, Silverlight 1, which, if you remember, was the JavaScript, and yeah. there was
2: no button. It was a glorified uh, animated GIF player. Pretty much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, over Christmas break, uh, I was at a company at the time that we got off like two weeks during Christmas. Hmm. And so uh, much to my wife's, well, she wasn't too happy with me. but So she wasn't too happy, so I built this app that was, uh, it's my big demo. I still show it now, but it's an Amazon Album Viewer. And the point of the story was, man, I spent so much freaking time learning. <laughs> she wasn't happy with you because you spent that whole two weeks yeah. with your machine. I, I did get it done. I was like, look at this though. She's yeah. like, but all it does is show some stuff I can go to Amazon and get. <laughs> Okay. But is it a 3D carousel? Yeah, but I did it. I'm a genius. That's right. Just admit it. I'm smart. Just back off. You can't take the genius. (laughs) You can take my pride, but not my
2: genius. (laughs) Bubble wrap and duct tape is not a water, a life-saving device.
1: (laughs) So anyway, uh, because people that have only done the web, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, why would I ever do Silverlight for line of business? It's so productive. Because jQuery is very productive. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of going, circling back, I guess. But um man from then on I got really hooked on once you got over the hump right. and you learned the little things that were very different than web that's when I went ah oh, you know the light bulb goes off and you're like oh I get it yeah these you know, are I different. see why this is cool now, of course I still love my mainly my MVC nowadays right. and, and jQuery but it's pretty cool stuff we love us some MVC That's oh, good yeah. stuff that's another big switch that I'll have to admit. Uh, in fact, I wrote a blog post a couple, well, maybe two years ago, which was, uh, I think it was like, top five reasons you should look at ASP.NET MVC. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, anyone who'd asked me, hey, should I look at MVC one No, 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 no. That's not going anywhere. You know? nice. Stick with web forms. Stick with web forms. It's, just a, it's going to be a tiny portion of the market. The yeah. says so. Nobody's going to Microsoft's use Microsoft's not even going to go further than one. It's not important. No. Well, anyway, then I had a customer app that we had to do uh, MVC one. And uh, man, from then on, I was hooked. I was like, okay. It was another light bulb moment. Yeah. I was like, oh, I get it. Right. Well, and, and I mean,
0: Guthrie really said those things. He was actually this. we expect this to be a very small portion of the market that this matters to. And I don't know what the actual numbers are. I know there's tons of web form stuff out there. Oh, but- yeah. The utilization of MVC is huge. It's remarkable how much demand there is around it and how much work is being done in it.
2: Well, because the rest of the world that develops web applications, I mean, that's the sort of the model that they use. You know, the, us web forms developers were pretty spoiled to be able just we try to drop our way
1: to beautiful websites, get the little view state going and, yeah, little. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: It looks little login. on the screen. <laughs> and you
0: were the one who said update panel earlier, and yeah. I immediately was thinking about view state yeah, there, no, too. that's
1: bad. It bad, wasn't bad. good. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, Why does yeah. this
2: login screen have two fields, and yet when I
1: look at the, the source, source, it I goes on it for miles? I printed it out, and it was 40 pages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
2: God. Can I copy and paste this so I can learn how to do it? <laughs>
1: Now, having said that, I still love. I mean, web forms is pretty dang cool. Yeah, I, I still like it. Used carefully,
0: I mean, it, it's Yeah, well, like, you know what
1: you're doing. Like every Microsoft tool, they give you enough rope to hang yourself with. <laughs> right.
0: You know, it, that's generally the
1: rule. But now my preference is NBC because uh, I'll tell you the biggest thing for me when I switched to NBC was uh, first thing I did was okay, I need a, a grid view. Yeah. I'm looking. Where's the freaking Where grid is view? It? <laughs> you don't get that. There is no grid view now. Now they have that. What's it called? The grid helper or mm-hmm. something like that. But but you still can't. There's no drag and drop. No, no. It's and not, like not even all. a designer. And, and there are third-party
0: tools for MVC as well. Right, but right. But they're not like, they're, they, this isn't web.
1: Well, you don't drag it on and hit that, uh, what do they call it, that smart tag. Yeah, and, the smart tag to just, oh, give me some, hey, give me a crud app. Yeah, exactly. Bing, go. <laughs> so the light bulb moment for me was, you know, once I got over it and stopped crying that I don't have my grid view anymore my details view and all that stuff. Um, that's when I got really heavy into jQuery because it forced me to think outside the box and start looking at some of those jQuery plugins. Yeah, you start having responsibility for UI. Yeah, and I'll tell you, that first app um, was probably one of the cooler apps from an end-user standpoint that I've ever done because I've always been so reliant on the server side. Mm-hmm. This made me switch gears to more client-side Right. Thinking.
2: Yeah, and also gives you a heck of a lot more control. Which I think is really what it comes down to. We want control. Yeah. And <laughs> what's up with that exactly? We are control freaks. We are programmers. We're here to shape the behavior of things. Yeah. Well, I think I think we like control. And uh, MVC gives you that.
1: It does. It does. Yeah. And, and I think that's another going back to jQuery. That's where once you learn about, so like, my, one of my favorite uh, grid type things is called data tables. Mm-hmm. Go to datatables.net to download it, it's free. And, uh, you know, you you put it, well, you know, I almost said drag it on. You don't. You basically do your jQuery selector dot data table. Boom. It transforms your table into this sortable, pageable, filterable with one little tiny bincy co- tiny bit of code. Wow. Know? And that's where I went, oh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, jQuery good. Yeah, jQuery good. <laughs> 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 so...
2: Well, I guess we're uh, just about out of time here, so uh, I just want to mention for those who don't know where we are, and it sounds like we're in a shoebox here, but um, we're at this boardroom at the JW Marriott in Orlando. Along, or uh, uh, you know, in the other room is what I think of when I think of like you know chaos from Get Smart sitting around a table contemplating the evil of the, you know how to do evil in the world. This board table is this huge circle. It's probably twenty feet in diameter and it's got a lazy susan right in the middle of it
1: which you can't reach which nobody can actually reach (laughs) that's insane it's awesome crazy room it's the octagon
2: all right guys thank you very much dan it's been
1: such a pleasure having you here thanks guys always fun to chat with you absolutely and dear listener we will talk to you next time on dot net rocks